welcome, 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 welcome. We're back, we're back, we're back again. It's that Monday, 2 p.m. Central Time is when we record before I introduce the guest. I'll do quick admin. If you're joining the stream, whether it's the live stream you're watching, the recorded version on YouTube, or the audio version on Apple and Spotify, please like, share, subscribe. We're on our road to 500 subs. All right, on two, three, five, like, share, subscribe, share with your friends. You know, it's Easter Sunday, you should only be friends. But if you have your own people that have enemies too, hey, I don't have control over that. <laughs> you can share with them to uh, do that for us. Like, share, subscribe. Um, and today, we'll start with uh, you know, your favorite Ogakwame. He's taking a trip on the whole world. You know, this man's living life, not worrying about Manchester United. It's like <laughs> what the streets have been talking that you're now a F1, you know, fine. That's what you, you spend your time watching. Oh, oh absolutely, yes. <laughs> Welcome back, <laughs> okay, Kwame. Thank you, thank you. It's it's great to be here after after such a long break. I, f- I feel I feel good. You feel good, okay? Yes. I'm happy you feel good. <laughs> uh then um, we'll go to Ola, member of the team, Liverpool, quadruple hunting, they're flying high. You know, must be nice where you guys are. Um, I don't know about this quadruple you people are talking about. We're just taking it one match at a time. Okay. I'm just adjusting my glasses because, you know, these United fans in the house, they're so far down the table, I can't see them properly. I just have to put on my glasses properly. So, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, same, same to you. <laughs> you know, Bro, they're so far away. Like... There was no reason for that. <laughs> Oh, there's always reason for that. We're playing you guys on Tuesday. There's no friendliness here, man. We're playing you guys on Tuesday. I'm a, I'm just setting the ground. I'm setting the ground, you know, for Tuesday. <laughs> just, take, just, just take it easy. Take it easy. That's how I'm doing. At least just at least use some Vaseline on Tuesday. That's all. <laughs> then also next on the panel, uh, Mr. Champions League itself, Mr. Bayern Munich, uh, is here to open. According to him, he said he wants to open a case. Want to open a case, a new case, a fraud watch case on Nagel's land. This guy is opening the football version of EFCC against, <laughs> against <laughs> Yeah. Uh, straight away from the comments, people is like, what's Dio doing on here? Please send that man away, the way Villarreal did it. All <laughs> 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 oh, I chose violence. Yes, he chose violence. So, yeah. Anyway, we are going to dive right into, into the first topic. So, of course, UCL Final Four is here. Um, Liverpool and Villarreal is on one side of the draw, and Real Madrid and Man City. I think, in my opinion, if I'm not going on recency bias, this was one of the most entertaining set of quarterfinals Champions League I've seen in a while. Like, it was very, very entertaining. I'll say, even the Liverpool Benfica that looked like it was done, right? Yeah. The second leg was still, you know, it was edgy for a little bit for Liverpool. So yeah. start we'll start with you. Why why should we open a fraud watch on Nagusman? Let's do a review of the quarter final. Just quick one. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I'll start with um should I start with Bayern? Okay, let me start yeah. with that. Yeah, uh Nagusman, that guy, that's why you should complete apprenticeship before you uh, start a real job. Uh, um Buying last season in the middle of COVID, paid twenty-five million for a transfer fee on a on a coach. 
that was paid for Julian Nagelsmann. I think we, because of the fiasco that was going on with Flick, and, you know, we thought, okay, let's get him before the other big boys got him. So I think he got the buying job five years ahead of time. So he was not prepared for what he's getting. That's the first time I'm seeing a coach doing playing 3-1-6 formation. 3-1-6, three central defenders and um, two wing. Uh, the wing backs are your wingers. It's like, okay, Chelsea, maybe Chelsea playing the back three and now choosing to use ZH and Pulisic as wing backs. That is like, that is just is um, a recipe for chaos. So, you know, all you have to do is just to sit back and counter, counter him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was what uh, Emery did. Kudos to Villarreal. Like, you know, I don't want to spend so much time on Nagelsmann and taking away the credit from uh, Emery. Like, you know, Emery, fantastic job. Like, I really want to talk to Arsenal fans right now. Like, how's the um, English intonation going these days? Hope you're enjoying perfect English. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not good at it. <laughs> I'm not good at it. Like, you know, you, because of the English, you changed the way a coach that was ahead of your level. You didn't even recognize him. That man is fire. Like, you know, say what you want about him. He dismissed Juventus. He dismissed Bayern. Well, Nagelsmann is a fraud. Allegri is a fraud. But, you know, he's there right now. He's in the semifinals. And, you know, only, well, let's see what he can do against Klopp. You know, even if he doesn't do anything, he has done more than enough. Like, this is a Villarreal second semifinal ever. And, you know, he has done uh, a very great job. Kudos to him. And the guys, too, like, you know, there was a feeling about Nagelsmann, the immaturity about him. He was so smug when he was talking about Villarreal when we got the draw. Oh, let's just get away. Let, let's uh, be done this with this fourth leg so we can just wrap it up in the second leg. Okay. The first leg, Bayern should have lost like six, let's say conservatively 4-0 because there were like four clear chances. But okay, yeah. we got lucky with that. Instead of you, okay, take a roll. We are going to smash them when we get home. We are fans who will be behind us. We, we were not even get if we had to go by the chances we had over both legs, Villarreal should have won the match, maybe 6-2. So this wasn't like they were lucky or anything. They packed the bus. Okay, deal with it. Like, that's everybody packs the bus against us. So, and, you know, the senior players are not even feeling them anymore. Like, okay, who, which string charts are we even playing? So Lewandowski, the Mullahs are already... This guy, like, you need to graduate before you start coaching by him. Well... That's the fraud. The fraud was started. It will survive this season because we cannot play um, fire him because of the 25 million sign-on fee. Just like you are stuck with uh, Chelsea, stuck with Lukaku. We are stuck with him for now. So um, we'll give him next season again. We'll give him some transfers, maybe Masrari. Um, he wants to play back three. I don't know how many big teams play back three like that, except for Chelsea. But if he wants to play back three, we'll give him what he wants. We'll give him Masrari as a right wing back. To play Alfonso Davis as a left wing back, we'll get uh, probably get Gravenberg from Ajax to replace Toliso. Let him have a go again uh, next season. But if he gives us this three one six three one six nonsense next season, he's gone. And you know maybe Arsenal can take him. Arsenal <laughs> 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 just taking shots left, Whoa. right, and center. <laughs> <laughs> and this is not Southampton. <laughs> tell us your name behind your comments. Tell us your name. Uh, we'll, we'll come to. Oh, I think your screen flipped. 
Oh yeah, that's sorry, that was just a call entry now. Um I'll, yeah. So So sorry that, about I that. yeah, I'm back. That, I got a question. How much you personally, how much longer do you give him? Because I know for the German German league, you don't that anybody wins that. So in the Champions League next year, how far does he have to go to retain your support? Okay, the thing is, I'm not going to be too hard on him, but when you are going to lose, we don't have to win everything, but lose to a legit team. Don't lose to Villarreal, like, you know. And it was, I was saying this before Hola came in, I, it was probably a good thing we didn't play, we didn't get to play Liverpool because it would have been bad for the morale of the club. You know, I just, I, I'm just, just imagine what Salah and Mane we do to when Sané and Coman are marking them, man. It's, it's, it's going to be ugly. So I think they probably um, protected his virtue by keeping him away from Liverpool. He will have been destroyed. So next season, if he loses, plays well, plays attacking football, and he loses decently to a top team, not to a Villarreal. Okay. Yeah, we can probably accept that. You you can lose. You know, Klopp, all these coaches have lost. Klopp, Klopp lost to Real Madrid. He lost to Real Madrid uh, twice. Nobody is going to kill him for losing to Real Madrid. But, you know, you just don't play like an idiot. <laughs> Someone says, at the total amount, good analysis, Dio. Your jobs are well noted. So, he must be an asset. <laughs> <laughs> taking jobs. Okay. Our, uh, our Man City um, correspondent, uh, Queen Yan, has joined us. You want to say hi, Yancy? Hi. Um, How are you? Good, good. Uh should we just go to go if you're ready? Let us know. Should we just go to Man City or? Yeah, we can do. Okay. Uh, so City, City were City were in the trenches against um, Atletico Madrid. Talk us, talk us through that that game. Oh, wow. Um, to be honest, um, before the game, we'd never played Atletico Madrid before. Um, it is kind of the way City play. Teams like. Atletico Madrid are the teams that we tend to struggle against. So we've seen it, you know, this season. Um, sorry, we've seen it this season with... Yeah, sorry. So we've seen it this season with Crystal Palace, um, Southampton, like teams that kind of put a lot of men behind the ball. Yeah, We've kind of struggled against them teams. So when we got them, I was a bit worried because um, I thought they'd just park the bus and then counter us. The first leg, I think we played really well. Um, we should have scored more, in my opinion. I think 1-0 is always very risky because, you know, anyone can score from a corner. You know, it could be an own goal. You just don't know. So I think 1-0 was very risky. So the second leg was always going to have to be more of a battle. Um, I think City actually handled it quite well because I think two years ago, Man City go to go away to Atletico Madrid and I think they play their normal game and I think that allows Atletico Madrid to get back into the tie and it allows them to score and then it allows them to potentially, being at home, you would expect if it goes 1-1 that they are the team that go on to win it. So I think we actually, it was quite professional from City to kind of play them at their own game, be quite defensive when we had to. Uh, We didn't need to attack them, we didn't need to score. Um, They needed to score against us. So I think we did quite well. I think City are getting better and better in the Champions League. Um, my original prediction was that Liverpool would win it this year and City would win it next year. 
But I do think if we get to another final, we need to be winning it. So I think it just depends if we can get past Real Madrid. Um, but yeah, I think we're getting a little bit more sensible in the Champions League than we have been in the past. So hopefully we can win it <laughs> soon. So Madrid tie, the Madrid tie, what are your thoughts about a Madrid tie? Because you guys have in injuries right now. You've lost Walker. I don't know how long he's out for. Yeah. Uh, okay. I know is coming back at some point. Um, what are your thoughts about that tie? Um, well, Ruben Diaz should be back. Okay. I think Kyle Walker, I know a lot of people don't really rate him, but like he is key in how we play. Like he is, he does save us quite a lot. Yeah. And I think him being out is a big miss. De Bruyne, <clears throat> he was actually on the bench against Liverpool and he was warming up. So it's not a muscle injury. He actually had stitches, which is good news. Um, so he should be back for our next game, really, maybe. Okay. Um, so he, if he doesn't play against Brighton, he should play against Watford. So I think he'll be okay. Um, and then Diaz is back in training. He's obviously not match fit, but I'm sure he will play before Real Madrid. So I think squad-wise, it might only be Walker. And anyone else that gets an injury um, out. But yeah, I don't I know. I, Real Madrid are a weird team because last time I was like, there's no way we'll beat them at the Bernabeu. And we went and beat them at the Bernabeu. So my only concern this season is we're struggling to score goals. Mm. And it kind of like I said before the Liverpool game at the weekend, I can't see who's going to score goals <laughs> for City in that game. Like, I knew De Bruyne was out. De Bruyne is one of our most clinical. And Mares, I knew he wouldn't start. So I was thinking, who's going to score the goals? And, you know, we got some in the end. But, yeah, it's just we're not clinical at the moment at all. We need, like, three shots to score one. And it's just, if we do that against Real Madrid, it's going to be a long day. That's all I can say. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, so, a quick question: What's the update on Gabriel um, Gabriel Jesus? He looked injured yesterday, so and I think he's he's going to be an important player. I know you're talking about goals. Yeah. Well, it's not like he's caused a lot of goals, but it's, he, he was he played well against Liverpool, but he, he looked very yeah. injured. He, he was limping off. So, what's the update on him? I'm not sure. I've not heard anything. Um, it did look kind of like cramp, so I don't know if he had cramp or whether it was an actual injury. I'm not too sure. They haven't, from what I've heard, I've not seen anything, but hopefully. It's not. I think our players, like, I was saying this to some Liverpool fans earlier, and I was saying that the reason why Salah is not playing how he was playing before is probably because he's played so many games, so many minutes. Yeah. And it gets yeah. to a certain point where physically they can't handle it. And I think last season, like, it's not an excuse, by the way, but I think by the time we got to that Champions League final last season, I think we were finished. Like, Rodri was terrible at that time. People are talking about Pep should have played Rodri. The form that Rodri was in, he should not have played. It would have been Fernandinho out of the DMs that would have played. Um, he was knackered. Cancelo was knackered. Sterling was knackered. And it just, it kind of got to them by the end of the season. And I think, you know, firing in all four competitions is, is good. But at the same time, it is difficult. And I think by the time you get to the end of the season, you're a bit knackered. We didn't have a big break um, and then we came straight into the new season. And I just think some of our players, they just like, there's a reason why Pep's kind of resting them now. And I think me personally, I think yesterday, I don't know if you've spoken about it yet or if you're going to, but 
No, we're Yesterday, good. I think we took a knife to a gunfight. I think we went too weak. I think Pep could have weakened the squad without weakening it to the extent that he did. Um, but I think at the same time, I can understand if you have to choose the FA Cup or the league, you're going to pick the league. So from a Pep point of view, it makes sense. But from a fan point of view, it's kind of annoying. So, yeah, it's just yeah. one of them. <laughs> Fair, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, we'll get to the FA We'll talk about that after um, Champions League. Now, let's go to Chelsea tide. Oga Kwame, you want to talk talk to us about that fantastic two legs, Chelsea and Madrid? Bro, uh, all I have to say is thank you, God. That's all I'm going to say. Because had Chelsea come back oh my goodness. from that <laughs> deficit, that day, it, it, my, I would have had to turn off my phone and move to a to a remote country. Um, but as, I mean, of course, as much as I'd like to troll them, I have to respect the way they played that game. Um, because I remember when, uh, I think they asked Ancelotti after the after the first game in London, and uh, he was like, look, this is far from over. We've seen teams, we've seen teams take a 3-0 lead into a second leg and lose it. Um, and that is exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened. Uh, Thomas Tuchel, I, I think he did a he did a very good job putting some fire into the bellies of those Chelsea players. And even though they did not win, you could tell that there was there was no way they were leaving that stadium without giving it their all. Yep. Um, <clears throat> um, honestly, I almost feel bad for the way. Uh, life looks for them going forward when they lose Rudiger, when they lose, you know, um, I guess some other important players on their on their team. Feel but bad. you know, I don't, huh? I don't feel what I don't feel bad. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, yeah. oh. <laughs> but, but but I mean, I just I, how, how about this? I, I'm looking forward to it. I want to see exactly what, exactly. See what you feel like what <laughs> without, without Rudy, yeah. you know, uh, but but. That that was a great display of, and it's not. It wasn't even. Of course, I mean, tactically, we can tell that uh, Rhys James, Alonso, they lived. They lived in Real Madrid's half. They didn't even like. They didn't. They didn't think twice about you know running forward, putting balls into the box. Marcos Alonso, by the way, I mean, the man is a born goal scoring defender, um, and 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 you you can tell that in that performance that. The, the the tactics took you know the passenger seat to the actual desire and passion that these guys played with. So well done to them. Um, I don't wish them any more success, but hey, they might they, they might they, they might win the FA Cup, but I hope they don't. Okay, uh, Dario, your screen flipped. Uh, may I talk a little bit about it? I I think I have just two words, man: Benzema and Luka Modric. Yeah. My goodness, Luka Modric is give a I mean, that tie, in fact, the last two knockouts of games, I think he has given uh, what they call a class act in, like, playing midfield, like, all-around midfield play. Because you watch that game, right? If you watch what was happening, when he was playing in the middle, he was getting overrun by Chelsea, right? The legs, Kante and Kovacic. I call them, they're like running backs, you know, using an NFL term. Those guys, when they are on form, they run all over you. You will not be able to go to get close to them. So Ancelotti then moved him to the right and pushed Valverde back into the middle. And that mm. kind of stemmed the tide a little bit. And I think when he got to extra time, he pushed into the DM position. He was playing as a DM alongside uh, Casemiro. 
And this guy was winning tackles, controlling the ball, like controlling the game, like making passes. And that pass was for the first goal. For, for was it Rodrigo? Rodrigo. Rodrigo, Rodrigo, yeah. Yes. And when you think about Luka Modric, like it's almost like it's almost a shoe-in between him and Benzema. One of them is already shooting for like best player, right? Of the tournament. Because if you see the pass he made, he made like he has made like game defining passes. Yeah. The one against um, Chelsea, it's the um, first leg, the one to Benzema against PSG, the one to like he makes all these like crazy passes. I was like, who, who is this guy? So for me, I'm going to give the players a lot of credit. I, I also think Ancelotti is a weird one, right? You can say. He made some good tactical adjustments that worked out. But on the other side, he got the way we won, if you think about it very well. Because yeah. <laughs> if Chelsea had, like, finishers, clinical finishers like Liverpool, that game is dead and buried before yeah. any comeback is happening, any remontada. Like, they have, like, mm-hmm. that game ends 5-0 before you say you want to start coming back. By that time, your morale is, is gone. Yeah. So that's one thing where it's like, you have to look at it in, in both ways. Yeah, I give Tuku some a lot of credit. I do think though, when the game was kind of going away from them, I don't think he managed it very well. When the game was kind of going away from them, that but it's just a little, a little bit of blame I can give him there. And lastly, before I, I think that also lastly, I talk about Lukaku. <laughs> I saw this like what 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 was that? Are they were they was he waiting for game seven? Like is that is it, is it like, like what was that like? They are looking for a goal and even bring on Lukaku. I didn't get that that part. That part was like shocking. You mean the second leg or the first leg? Second leg. I thought it was injured for the second leg. It was injured. It was injured for the second leg. Yeah. Oh, it was no, even it was, in the squad. It was, it was not in the squad. Okay. Because I kept seeing comments online. You know, that's what made me laugh. That is Lukaku is for game seven in like NBA. Uh, type <laughs> <of comments. laughs> like what? But yeah, Dio, you want to talk? You have some thoughts? Um. Yeah. Okay. Um. Just a quick roundup. Um. Man City versus Atletico. Okay. That uh, Atletico game, especially, uh, the Simeone tactic was, okay, give Man City, keep them to one goal for the first three halves, and the last half, unleash L on them. And that was what really happened. He brought up all the devils from Hellfire on them. And, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure um, Atle- uh, Man City grew up in that last 45 minutes than they probably did in the in an entire season. Yeah. Because that was, um, well, some shit actually went on too, but, you know, that is what Atletico is, and that's what European football is. It's like you're watching a Copa. My, one of my friends says, like, this is like a Copa Libertadora game between Colo Colo and you, Catolica. Just <laughs> the kind of passion you get, like, you know, you spit on someone, you kick him, you roll around. The only thing was that was missing was chasing the referee after the game or <laughs> chasing the referee to the street. That was, they had to, like, they grew up and, uh, uh, to uh, piggyback on what uh, Yannicka said, like, you know, um, City, kudos to them for holding up and Stones, the defense, they really did well. I saw a point when Cancelo had to take one because Carrasco was beating him into the box and, you know, uh, that was looking and he had to take one and miss the first <laughs> leg of the, uh, of the semi-final. That's actually growing up too. That's part of uh, what you have to deal with. And yes, I... Kudos to City for doing that and kudos to Atletico too. Then, um, uh, Chelsea Madrid, what I want to say, I give a lot of credit to Chelsea for coming back. Uh, for coming back. Like, you know, they showed a lot of guts. 
And the only thing why, the only reason why Chelsea is not in the semi-final is because of the individual class of Benzema and Modric. Yeah. That was going to be another choke, mega choke again from Ancelotti that has littered his career everywhere. Yeah. Okay, I can, start <laughs> for, I can start for you. Like in 2004, he had a 4-1 lead over Deportivo. As he similar coach, he lost 4-0 in the return leg. 4-0. <laughs> yeah. So, before we even get to the uh, father of them all in uh, Istanbul, yeah. in, the, in the semi-final, he, he led uh, PSV and Eindhoven 2-0 uh, in the in the semi-final. He was losing three... Uh, he, then he got to Eindhoven and he lost 2-0. It was in the 88th minute that I think Ambrosini scored that gave him a 2-1 lead. And two minutes to go, Koku also scored again, 3-1. If they had got five extra minutes that day, Piers would have beaten AC Milan after leading the first leg in 2-0. Uh, then we don't have to talk about, of course, Allah would want us to talk about that. But we, we've forgotten about that. <laughs> Nothing happened this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Nothing happened. <laughs> Six minutes of madness in Inter Istanbul too. That's yeah. the records. Then, you know, leading 3-0, uh, 3-1 first leg and, you know, you lost it all. If not for the Alonso hardball, that was 4-0 right there. Yeah, yeah. That, that, uh, that's not a, I don't know how you can face the fans with, uh, with that kind of collapse. Um, but kudos to Benzema and Modric for doing it. Right now, Benzema is the Ballon d'Or elect at this point. Yeah. Um, even Salah has gone off the boy. Lewandowski has gone off the boy. Um if my if uh, Man City win, I don't think there's any individual class in Man City that deserves it. Uh, yeah. So I think this Benzema just has to end the season well and just collect his ballon d'or. That's all I have to say. Okay. okay. Hola. They're two 0 down, by the yeah. way, from La Liga to Sevilla. <laughs> <laughs> They'll still win that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Liverpool. Hola. The quadruple. Hunter. Oh yeah, right. I, I I just don't know what this word is. What does this quadruple mean? I don't know what you guys are talking <laughs> about. I just know we're we're winning one match at a time, okay. and um, I'll just do the review for the Benfica game. Uh, but yeah. first, I'll um, I'll just quickly say a piece about the Atletico the result, not not the result, the reaction. I think there was this Atletico official that was saying Man City came to pack the bus and they were they had a defensive wall. And I was like, if there's an award for the most ironic statement of of the century, it's coming from an Atletico person saying people were defensive and they were spoiling yeah. the match. Yeah, I think it's their CEO. I was like, what's this guy on about? Have you watched your team? recently have you seen what atletico do every year year in year out and you're complaining like i was just like this guy is, is biggest hypocrite of all time but yeah but yeah um kudos to city because liverpool we played atletico twice this season in the champions league even though we won both matches we, we, what we we just say we say they they wrecked our heads they wreck your head it's not just physically when you're playing against atletico it's not just physically mentally they just wind you up they make things difficult. They are complaining to the referee. They are shouting. Oh, man, they're just a nasty team to play against, you know. Yeah. And, and I know why Simeone does it. I know why he does it in the big games. But I just think they cross the line too often. They cross the line too often. All that spitting, pulling of air. You can do shit out three without going that far. So I'm, out, I'm happy to see them out. Like I wasn't supporting Man City per se, but I'm just happy to see Atletico out. 
So I was just like, man, we don't need to we don't need to play them again. But we played them twice this season. I don't want us to even meet them in the final. <laughs> you know, I prefer to just go and meet Man City in the final. So regarding Liverpool's game against Benfica, um, you guys were right. We kept it interesting because you'd have thought, okay, first leg three one, that's all over. But I know why Klopp also rested players for that because at this point, what Yannicka was saying, when you're in four competitions. I'm not saying when you want to win for competitions, but when you are in four competitions, yeah, it, <laughs> there's a difference. There's a difference. When you're in four competitions, you're trying to preserve legs. <laughs> you're trying to preserve legs. I like in everything. Please. People are trying what? to win people. Liverpool fans are too superstitious. People are trying to win the quadruple. Own it. That's what you're trying I'm to winning. do. Who is trying to win it? You are trying to win every match that is in front of you. That's what okay. Klopp will tell you. Every okay. match in front of you is what you are trying to win. I don't know about right. this quadruple you are talking about. <laughs> right. So, when you are in four competitions, you have to preserve legs because towards the end of the season, there are many players with too many minutes in their legs. So, Salah, for example, um, he has played 120 minutes. That's extra time. He has played it five times already this year. I think it's even six because if we count the League Cup final, we, we went into extra time in the League Cup too. So at this stage, even if you're Superman, man, well, there's no way it will affect you. So yeah. based on that Benfica match, that's why Klopp just rested as many players as possible. Because it was like, okay, it's 3-1 from the first leg. So let's just rest as many players. He rested the fullbacks. The, even, our, our defense, that was the first time they all played together. That defense in that match. Um, Shimikas... Can you rest on Tuesday? Can you rest on Tuesday? Uh, yeah, we can try to rest on Tuesday. We can yeah, put like, some... Um... Just play second team. Play the, the youth. <laughs> second team. Our second team, our second team should be good enough, but yeah. I don't know. It won't rest. I, I, I'll tell you why it won't rest on Tuesday, because we have Everton on Saturday, so we prepare to rest players yeah. against Everton. <laughs> it won't be fair to us now. <laughs> and it won't be fair to us now. You know, it won't be fair to us now. <laughs> But yeah, but the point I was making is this is the difference between for me, this is the difference this season between Klopp and Pep. Because when when you say okay, you have a big squad, but I think Pep he pushes his, his players more to the limits than, than Klopp. Look at the semi-final we played yesterday. Pep made only one change, and that change was enforced. And because that's because Jesus was limping badly. That's why he made that change. I reckon if Jesus wasn't injured, he wouldn't have made any changes. And he and Klopp are the managers who are always shouting about five subs, one five subs, one five subs. But this season, you see the stats. Pep has made probably more, like some of the lowest amount of subs in the, among the top top clubs. You have a big squad, use it. So that's why people won't have sympathy for you when you start saying your players are tired, they are getting injury. You have a big squad, they're not maximizing. That's what Klopp has changed this season. Klopp used to do that before. Klopp won't make too many subs before, but this season. Well, thankfully, we have had a fit squad. When you have a fit squad, use it. And that's what he did against Benfica. He used the fit squad. He put as many second, even though we are saying second team players, but they're not really, many of them are like top class players too. You know, you are putting Femino. Okay, we know Femino is probably our second choice to attacker now, but you use your squad because you want to rotate and give as many players rest as possible. And we just managed to get away with it. We managed to get away with it because Benfica played well. They exploited our defense because they knew that defense they had not played together before. So they, they exploited it. We went 3-1 up, but then they came back into it. And they actually, they could have gone 4-3 up even in the last minute. And that would have really been interesting. So he had to gamble. It was a gamble. He rested so many players. He gambled, but it worked. Because the first leg helped us to do that. Because if we had not won that first leg 3-1, I'm not sure he would have gambled that much. 
And that also helped us yesterday because we managed to put out a strong team yesterday. So that's the, for me, at this point, it's all about taking a bit of gamble here and there, um, resting some players. Because when you are playing this many matches, there's no way. You're playing at high intensity. The club will not want you to go into a match and just coast through the match. It wants those players running like 100 miles per hour, sprint, sprint, sprint. You can't expect a player to maintain that throughout the whole season. You know, they're always going to get tired. So, yeah, so I'm happy that that gamble paid off against Benfica. And now we get to have a good evening against Villarreal. Okay. Yeah, but all I, all I, what I'll say is this, um, you know, um, credit to Benfica, but, you know, you can't compare the intensity and the mental dream playing a team like Atletico compared to, like, a Benfica. Like, you know, you know, Atletico are just pests and, you know, they drain everything out of you. Like, you know, you yeah. want to go home and just go on a vacation after playing Atletico. <laughs> I know, that's <laughs> what I was saying. That they, they wreck your head. That's what we, in, in, in British yeah, slang, you no. say they wreck your head. They are wrecking <laughs> your head because it's not just physical, they drain you. I understand. I understand. Yeah. But even at that, I still felt club and Pep should have made some changes yesterday. It, you, you had De Bruyne on the bench. He was warming up, like Yannicka said. De Bruyne was there. He had some other players on the bench. You can't tell me you can't throw on two players to try and freshen um, things up and win the yeah, match. You know he, didn't, I, he didn't make any changes. Yeah, you know but you know, okay. Because he, he doesn't make changes. I think with Pep, like, obviously, De Bruyne getting injured was a big thing because if De Bruyne doesn't get injured, he probably starts De Bruyne against Liverpool, which I think changes everything. Um I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't yeah, think he would have started him anyway. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, he wouldn't have started him. About my point is. Might, I don't know. Pep is a weird one. We've seen him play Wickham at home and start De Bruyne. It's weird. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but, 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 you know, okay. When you're losing 3-0 at half-time to Liverpool, yeah. do you want to gamble De Bruyne no, and get him into the game? It's they got into 3-1 in 46 I minutes. I agree with De Bruyne not coming on. De Bruyne huh? not come on. The FA Cup is not that important in the grand scheme of things that you would risk De Bruyne for an FA Cup that you may or may three, three, three goals down. different because there's a trophy at stake but mm -hmm. just to get to a final against Chelsea because we knew it was going to be Chelsea um yeah there's just yeah there's no way but I think for me he went too weak um, yeah, for the reason why Liverpool played Ellison we should have played Edison like mm-hmm Stefan has been the reason why we've gone out two, three years in a row now. So he's not, he's not a bad keeper, but he's not good enough to play against the Liverpool. You know what I mean? Look at Liverpool's front three, how clinical they are. You need the best keeper you can have. There's a reason why Chelsea played Mendy and Liverpool played Alisson. There's a reason for that. And Pep is the only one <laughs> the web with his second keeper. Um, even I would even understand it more the other way around because City aren't that clinical this season. So if Liverpool went with their backup keeper, that would make more sense than than it did for us to go with our backup keeper. And then if you are like obviously, I know players are tired. Rodri has been key for us this season. We don't want to wear him out. But at the same time, if you're not going to play De Bruyne, which we couldn't play De Bruyne then you have to play Rodri or Gundogan. Apparently, Gundogan got a knock, so he couldn't play. So if them two are out, you have no choice but to play Rodri. You would have been better off playing Rodri and then giving him a rest against Brighton and playing um, De Bruyne and playing you know, Gundogan when he comes back. So I think he went too weak. You can't. We had no midfield in that game. There was no midfield. I didn't see a City midfield anyway. 
Um, and we were just getting, it was just bypassing the midfield completely. So I think, I'm not saying we would have won the game, but I think just Edison and Rodri, them two players, change how that game, we definitely don't go in 3-0 down at halftime. I can tell you that. We haven't been 3-0 down at halftime since we played Liverpool in the Champions League. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not Anfield, where we're not great at Anfield. So, yeah, there's no way we go in 3-0 down. I think even with just Edison on the pitch. So, I, I just think he went too weak. And 3-0, once you go 3-0 down, it's game over. Like, it's not... Got, if you play in a smaller team, maybe you can get back. But, 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 but you guys... Sorry, you guys keep saying 3-0, but it was 3-1 on 46 minutes. 46 minutes, it was 3-1. So it was just yeah, two goals yeah. in it. And I feel, I just feel generally, he doesn't yeah. use his subs well enough. Look at the game against Crystal Palace. Oh, yeah, when you guys, it was goalless. And he yeah. didn't make any change in that match. He didn't make any change in the Crystal Palace. When you were chasing a win, he didn't even make any yeah. changes. And he had, he had a solid bench. So this is not just based on Liverpool, um, yesterday, Liverpool winning. It's just a general yeah. trend I see. And at the end of the day, it catches up. My point is, it catches up with the players because you've yeah. run them into the ground. Because you're making them play 90 minutes. I'm not saying, okay, yeah, don't start yeah. your strongest team. But you're making them play 90 minutes of games. Yeah. They don't need to play 90 minutes. Like what yeah. Klopp has learned this season and last season. Klopp now, sometimes what he does with Anderson and Fabinho, he sometimes he'll let Anderson play 60 minutes in a, ma in a match and put Fabinho off for 30 minutes. Or you rotate it the other way around in the next match. So they're not playing 90 minutes, 90 minutes, 90 yeah. minutes all the time. Because there's no way you can be in four competitions and it won't catch up. If these players yeah. are playing 90 minutes every match, they'll just, they'll be, like you said, in the final against Chelsea in the Champions League, that's what happened to you guys. Your, your yeah. players were burnt out by the time you got to the final because they played so yeah. many 90 minute matches. So I just think he has to improve on that, seriously, because yeah. these players, they're, they're asking them to press. They're pressing at high intensity. <laughs> oh my God. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Running yeah. 90 minutes at high intensity. You know oh, wow. all, all our fan base are saying what you're saying. Pep, could have gone further in every competition this season had he made subs where he needs to make subs. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there's been games where we're not winning, we need a goal, and our highest goal scorer in Mares is on the bench till the mm -hmm. 85th, 90th minute. You can't bring players on and expect them to change the game in five minutes, 10 minutes. Give them half an hour, give them 25 minutes, give them enough time to warm into the game and then see what they can do. But he hasn't done that. The other thing that Pep does, which winds me up, I love Pep, but it winds me up, when he will start a very weakened team and then he has to bring on everyone. Like, do it the other way around. Play your strongest one. Yeah. Go 2-0 up, then take them off and hope that your second squad can hold on to that 2-0. Do you know what I mean? Why go 2-0 down? And then you're expecting De Bruyne to come on and score a hat-trick. Like, it's just, it's not fair on the players. Do it the way around. Let De Bruyne start. De Bruyne gets two goals. Bring him up. Like, yeah, I don't get it. He does things the wrong way around sometimes. So, but I right. think he, he's a genius, so I don't think he can think normally. I think that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question. What, is, what are you guys prioritising now? Out of Champions League and League? Or is both of them the same? <laughs> I think he is definitely prioritising the Premier League over the FA Cup. You can tell by the team that he started. He's yeah. he's resting these players for Brighton. So he definitely is prioritising the Prem. I think the position that we're in, it's very risky 
to go for the Champions League only because if we do that and Liverpool win a treble, that's they could potentially win a quadruple. So it's not, I'd rather win the league and then okay. see what happens in the Champions League than not win the league and then hope that we can beat Liverpool in the final. Because I think the confidence they would get from winning the league would push them over the edge in the final. So I think if they win the league, the FA Cup, and the, they'll win the Champions League final. They will. So, yeah, I think definitely the league. That'll be the end well. of football. That'll be the end of football. Football yeah. will be completed. And I won't watch football anymore. I'm going to see you later. I don't know. What is the offside rule? I don't know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, um, yeah, nah, like that I'll can't happen. I think I'll have some my location. I'll rule my location. I know, innit? Man United, yeah. Man United actually think City fans will be annoyed, but United are finished. Like, it's finished. <laughs> Treble, the whole 20 times, all of that is gone. Like, if Liverpool wins the travel or quadruple, I'm just gonna start watching baseball. Well you better beat them in the league then, innit? If you beat Liverpool in the league, that helps City. Yeah. No. what we can do, innit? But yeah, well, I don't know. I don't trust City right now because I don't yeah. we're not clinical enough. So I don't trust us. If no, we were clinical, the then I'd say we're going to win it. Two I don't win. know. We should I'm win it. We should. You guys are going to win all your games from now to the season. Since you win the league. <laughs> 1-0, 2-1, Pep is going to get on that field. Uh, you definitely going to win all your games. Yeah. So, so you guys are going to win. The Champions League is where, like you said, I think you guys are going to slip up, in my personal opinion. I don't think I there's think anything the about players' heads are definitely on the Champions League. Like, I think you can even tell the way we play in the Champions League is different to how we play in the league. Like, I know, obviously, against Atletico, we didn't score too many goals and stuff like that. But I just feel like we're a lot better in the Champions League, like, defensively and going forward. So I think the players definitely have their eyes on the Champions League. But... If you win the league, I think it helps you to then win the Champions League. So I think, I think win one and then go for the other. But obviously, I don't know, it could end badly. So this season, before the season started, I predicted us to go trophyless. But the way that this season's going, we better win something. Nah, because I, <laughs> I, let me explain myself. The reason why. <laughs> Was I thought we wouldn't win five Carabao Cups in a row because that's a bit ridiculous. I thought we'd go out of that eventually after five years, which we did. Um, I didn't expect us to win the FA Cup because our record in the FA Cup is not too good. And we kind of get to this stage of the season and then lose. That's just the way it, the way it goes. Um, and then in terms of the league, I did buy into the Chelsea hype that everyone was saying they're going to win the league. And I thought maybe they're going to win the league because... With City, it's always harder to retain a title than it is to win it the first time. So because we won it last year, I was thinking we probably won't win it back-to-back. -back. So that's why I thought it might be Chelsea. And then, the, and then what's the other? Champions League, I had Liverpool to win it this year. Um, so that's why City, I thought we could go trophyless. But now that the league's going the way it's going, we have to win the league. Like, it's a failure if we don't. It really is. 
So we'll see. Uh, Rafi says, big up the crew. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, that, um, I said that. Ola, any quick thoughts, addition to that, or we should just move on quickly to next topic? For the FA Cup review yeah. or for Champions League? FA Cup, FA Cup. Oh, FA Cup. Oh, no, yeah. So, the FA Cup, I just felt, yeah, for me, Liverpool did what we had to do. And because if you're playing a weekend City team in coach, weekend City team, if you're playing a weekend City team, the idea is to get as many goals as possible before they bring on their big guns. So that's what me I was scared of yesterday. I was like, man, we need to really smash these guys before they bring on the big guns. Little did I know they won't be able to bring on the big guns. But they brought on Mares. And look at what Mares did. Mares even set up a goal. For me, Mares is supposed to be... For me, that's Man City's player of the season so far, apart from De Bruyne. Because Mares has 22 goals or something like that. And he's, he came up, he came on as a sub and set up the goal, the second goal for them. So... When we went 3-0 up, my, my fear was, I hope they don't score an early goal in the second half. And they did exactly that. They scored an early goal in the second half. And, well, it was a bit comfortable because they didn't create as many chances as I thought they would. But psychologically, you just keep thinking City are dangerous enough to carve up two good chances. And I just felt if Salah was in form, we probably would have finished off that game earlier. If Salah was... You know, it's normal self because he had two good chances. He had some some plays that he should have squared the pass. It's just it wasn't it wasn't it's not informed. It's just not informed. He's tired. You can see he's tired. But Klopp is trying to play him back into form, so he keeps giving him stats like, okay, you just need one goal to get going. But this guy has played too much football. He has played too much football. And against United, I will put Salah on the bench. Against United, I won't start Salah. If I was club, I wouldn't start Salah. He's, my, he, my, he's my not. If my, my fantasy captain, please, he has to start. Right? <laughs> Sorry, I, 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 I have bad news for you. I, I put him on the bench. He's going to start. In my fantasy Ola. team. He's going to start. Sorry? Sure. I agree with Ola on Salah not starting. No. You shouldn't be in my fantasy players. team. In my, fat in my fantasy team. That's crazy. You don't have to waste good players on United. Exactly. Give them a Benfica team. It will be okay. Question for you. Ravi is asking you a question. If should KDB have started on Saturday? Nah, he's The thing is, with De Bruyne, it's one of them where he's already a bit injury prone. He's got an injury. You know, it's. I feel like the team he could have put out a strong enough team without De Bruyne that could have given Liverpool more of a game, but he didn't do that. So yeah, I think yeah. in terms of priority, we need De Bruyne against Real Madrid. That's going to be the games that we need him more, um, and then obviously in the Prem. So yeah, I think if if he can. If he can save De Bruyne till Real Madrid, that's brilliant. Um, I don't think he'll be able to because we're not scoring enough. He'll probably need him against Brighton and Watford. But if we can <laughs> save him for Madrid next week, then great. But, yeah, I think he'll be playing before that, unfortunately. As a segue Well, it's not a one-off game. It's two legs. I think yeah. in a one-off yeah. game is where we struggle. Two legs. Can we do it? We already have. Can we do it this season? Who knows? I don't know if we're scoring enough. We're kind of relying on De Bruyne to be De Bruyne. If he isn't, then we go out. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Like, 
And I please, think... guys, don't write on Villarreal because people are thinking Liverpool will just walk over them. Um, Unai Emery beat Klopp in the final of the Europa League like a few mm-hmm. years ago. And this yep. Villarreal team, this Villarreal team, they've been knocking out teams, big teams, left, right and centre. I know Ayo is rolling his eyes, rolling his eyes and say superstitious Liverpool fans. I'm just telling you, this is, this is, this is Unai Emery in Europe, man. Unai Emery in Europe. He it's a different beast. Good job. He has done it. He from the four nil up in the in the first quarter. Of the game. <laughs> Give him A for A for good work. You've done well. This is his boss stuff. Moreno's out as well, isn't it? He's like their best player. He's out for like four months. So they're out. Oh they, wow. Yeah, apparently he's out for a while. So yeah. Gerard hey. Moreno. He looked good injured yesterday, yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Let's 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 move on so that we don't spend too much time. Yeah, let's move on to where we have a Kwame. Eric Ten Hag agreement in principle. Initial reaction, Ogakwame. The people want to know. Um well let, let, it's not official, right? This is just a verbal agreement in principle, all that. Okay. Correct. It's um well, my first reaction is I was right. When I remember when we sacked Ali. And uh, I said that I wanted a bald manager. <laughs> um, this, this, my wish has been granted because look, when, when Sarah <laughs> left retired, since then, all our managers, they've had hair. You know, uh, David Moyes, he had hair, didn't work. <laughs> Louis Van Gaal, he had hair, didn't work. Jose Mourinho, he had beautiful hair, did not work. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he had hair. Did not work. So I need a bald coach. And I wanted either Ten Hag or Zidane. Uh, Zidane was never going to happen. His wife did not let him take the job. Even though we offered to give him a new wife, he still said no. Um, <laughs> so, so Eric Ten Hag, it is. Uh, but on a more serious note, this is something we should have done three years ago. Remember, that was the plan. Three years ago, when Ollie came, the plan was he's only going to be there to see out the season. Our search for a permanent manager continues. Yep. Nothing will be announced until the season is over. Oh, 25% of the project was done and they announced him as the permanent manager and we'll see where that got us. So um, the right decision we should have, well, I guess we're correcting the wrong decision we made three years ago. So which means the project is at least three years late. Um, the biggest worry I had, uh, when we were talking about Ten Hag initially after Social got fired, uh, was whether he would be able, first, whether Ajax would release him and turns out that, you know, they're cool with it. Secondly is whether the ecosystem in which, uh, Ten Hag succeeded, can we, can we have that kind of ecosystem at Manchester United? I hear he's bringing his assistant coach. Um, so that's kind of good news. I hear he's a very detail-oriented person. Um, I hear he also, he actually reads his contracts by himself um, and comes through details, asks important questions, all that stuff. That detail is what is needed of a good coach. Um, the problem I still have is I don't want Darren Fletcher and uh, what's that one's name? Morton. John Morton. No, no, the one, the 
uh, the, 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 I don't even know what his title is. The ones that sits there with the iPad. John Murta? Not John Murta. The one that sits next to Darren Fletcher. He oh, was on the, he, Phelan, Mike Phelan. Mike Phelan. I, bro, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I don't want that to be what. The, but what he's bald. He's bald. He's a bald coach. He's a bald no, coach. No, 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 no. I want the guy on top to be bald. Right. Um. So I, I, I'm just hoping that the support system that Ten Hag needs. I hope, I hope, I hope that is available. Yeah. And this might sound crazy coming from me, um, but I hope people actually do um, keep the same energy with Ollie in terms of, I mean, with the kind of energy they gave Ollie, give it to this to Ten Hag because he's going to need time. Um, Ten Hag is coming to to do pretty much a, a it's a bone marrow transplant that is needed at Manchester United because it's a change of an entire system, um, and because of that. What, I keep saying that when you're building a house, when you're when you're renovating, destroying a house and building it back up, um, when you're building a house and really being, you don't put expensive French doors right at the entrance, twenty five thousand dollar French doors. You know you don't do that. That's what we have at Manchester United right now. We need I we we need we need players who can do farm work. We don't need I don't want a Rolls Royce or a Lamborghini at my club when I need to do farm work, when I need to do actual construction work. Um, so I, I mean, I, I, I think, I think it's the right, I think it's the right appointment. Um, I hope he actually comes. And for me, I, I, I think the, the on, the on field, the football changes are secondary to the system changes. I need Ten Hag to come and make the, the, the leadership, executive leadership at Manchester United and understand that, look, just giving out contracts, just because you want to maximize the value on players and you know and not have to move people on, that is not the way to run a football club in 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 in, in modern day. The squad needs to be recycled. The squad needs refreshing. There there is no there is no reason to keep renewing post contracts two three times. That's dumb. Um, and and I and I and, and I think that's the that's the bigger change that it's that is needed. Uh, the on the on field changes will come just because you know that's what coaches do. But this is the system changes. I think they need to be. I think they need to. They need to come into effect within the first year. I saw Butchie's comment talking about Chris Amas. I hear that. Yes, um, Ragnik. But remember, Ragnik hadn't coached. He hadn't coached for about two years before he came. So, which means he didn't have those people at the ready. He had to go get Chris Amas out. Like out of where? Did, where did Chris Amas come from? I don't remember. Like some American team like that. Yeah, yeah. So he had to like these are and he also brought a sports psychologist. Like th these are not people that he had already worked with, yeah. you know, um in, in recent history. So I think you mentioned Chris Amas in response to when you were talking about the bad guy that sees that he thought you were talking about Chris Amas. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Oh, oh no, no, no. I was talking about feeling. I was talking about feeling. Those are the ones I don't want to see. I don't want to see feeling, I don't want to see Fletcher. I nah, say what's wrong with Fletcher. So that's the next question. What's wrong with Fletcher? Well, what is wrong with Fletcher is this. Um, quick answer. Fletcher represents, huh? Just oh, okay. Well, Fletcher, Fletcher, Fletcher represents this, this notion that, you know, the DNA is always better or that the United way is always better. And that's the, that's the problem. He, like the Manchester United has always, we've, we've, we've always made it seem like Oh, if you if 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 we've not vetted you before, if we don't know you, 
if you've not worked with us, eh, we don't, we don't, we don't really, we don't really put value. We don't really put put value on you like that. So that's that's the problem with Fletcher. Um, and and bro, Fletcher Fletcher is technical, you know, technical what director or something. Mm-hmm. What experience does he have? To, does does he have to, re- to 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 have that title? You know, when eight months before he was coaching, he was coaching children at Manchester United, okay. and now all of a sudden he's technical, he's technical director. Uh, yeah, that's what's wrong with him. Okay, uh, so this is my own quick reaction. Uh, before we go to that, let me just take a quick one question. Is this a real question? It's like question will big boy Benz roll through city with his big boy Vinny? I think it's a show slash question. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, do you want to answer that? Say with big boy Vinny, with big boy Benz roll through city with his uh, long day, boy. man. Long day, <laughs> long day. I got time for him. Uh, oh, you know, you know, you know this person. This Ravi Bakari. You know yeah, yeah, he's a United fan, I think. Ah, okay. Uh, question for a Liverpool fan. How does the like of Elliot Jones and Martin fit into the squad? I feel like this is a, it's a very long question. Why for No, no, I'll answer it very quickly. Okay. They don't fit into the squad. Not at the oh. moment. Ah, okay. <laughs> no, sorry. They don't fit into the squad. They're young. They're young. Their time will come. So they don't fit into the squad at the moment. They're, they're not even getting on the bench at the moment. We have players like Origi who, who is struggling to make the bench. So those guys are not getting it. Jones maybe gets a few minutes here and there, but Elliot and Martin are young. They are not fitting in the squad at the moment. The squad is too good at the moment to fit in the likes of the likes of these young lads. Uh, must be nice. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Elliot. it is nice. It is nice. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, quick question: Do you think Ronaldo should stay or go next season? You want to answer that? Um, <clears throat> um, I think Ronaldo should leave because. The, the project that needs to be done at United, it's not it's not something Ronaldo suited for. Again, like I say, um, he he is too good to be part of a demolition and rebuilding project, right? This man has better things to do in life than to sit there in Manchester and watch them do construction work. He is not he's, he he has trophies to win. He still has you know. Um, he, he, he still wants his armpits to go up. He wants his arms to go up. He would never get that at Manchester <laughs> United. So that's why I think he should leave. I don't. I think. I think he should leave not because I think he's the problem, because he's definitely not the problem. Um, he he's just a fact. He's just a big. He's a big figure that looms large over this project that that will take at least five years. And for wages, just to add to that, for wages, I, I and for wages too, exactly. Yeah, the wages are too much. Really. Same thing with Pogba too. I want, I, I want him to, to him as well to leave, just because you know it's, you know, they, they don't fit within this surgery that needs to be done. Okay, let me uh, just a quick. Okay, okay. yeah. Oh, no, no, sorry, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm just to back up what I am. Just quickly to back up what um, Ogakwami was saying. Yeah, there, there are sometimes where you have big personalities looming, and you need to reconstruct. Yes, that that you have to let them go. I'll give you an example of Liverpool when we had Kenny Daglish. He's a legend for us. He was a manager. He won the League Cup in 2012 and still got fired because we needed a clean break from you know we needed to move forward. We needed to just let his his presence is so. But we still brought him back. We brought him back as like um he's still on board of directors, but we just had to let him go as a manager because his presence is so big. Even though he won a trophy that season, our league. Place was not good, so 
when you are trying to reconstruct, it's true, you have to make a break from the past. And in Ronaldo's case, let him just go to PSG and win the French League. Let him just complete, let him just yeah. complete the set of leagues he wants to win. Go to PSG, take the money there. He has done for me, he has done a good job at United. But mm -hmm. I just think if you are trying to reconstruct, like um, you guys really need to do, yes, you have to move him on. You have to move him on. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And uh, my quick reaction to Eric Ten Hag is I don't believe all the points you said. I agree with all of that. It means he needs time. Um, I think my own is always about what is upstairs. We're still in the jacket. <coughs> That's the game changer, I think. Um, so that there can be a clear joint up thinking upstairs all the way down to the um, manager. I also think, and I think I posted that on our Facebook group, is I hope, like that's the only, only when I see a director of football that's going to give him powers, not like, oh, Ragni consultant and he's going to work six times a week, like a real director of football, like you're talking about Paul Mitchell, and he's going to be giving powers and they can be a clear joint up thinking. That's when I'll know, okay, finally they've learned their lesson to understand that we should stop making managers the machine, right? Like, we, the manager should be a cog in the machine. All the successful clubs, that's what they do. They should not be the machine itself. It's not going to work. We keep trying to do that. And I hope they've seen that finally and do that. I have not, not too much problem with um, Fletcher in my case. I just think Fletcher should be there, not as a technical director. He could be a technical director, like they have Peter Check in Chelsea, but there should be more people, more experienced that he's learning from. And he can learn the ropes. I'm fine with him learning, but not the main person. He shouldn't be the main person. He should be learning the ropes for like way more experienced people. I don't really care for John Murtor. I know Zapu says like because he's been there since 2014. When when he came with Moyes, he was head of academy and like, and he was there for sure the last one year that when they made the decision. So he was part of the failure of the last one year. Yeah. So she should have been, in my opinion, she have been let go after Europa. They backed it. The second chance when we started really badly, there was an opportunity to get world-class manager in Conte and try and save the season and see like maybe they can make small tweaks and see if they can make a run over the next year. They didn't get him. They did that, did that. Then they went and got Ragnik and they made everybody think, oh, we have this long-term plan and everybody fell hook, line, sinker, you know, and I was one of us, like, I was excited, but I wanted to see if they were going to give me power. They immediately, like, the results started dwindling. They, kept, they started leaking information that is based on him getting top four that's when they're giving power upstairs. That's one of the dumbest, like, in my opinion, thing that anybody can put out as an organization. So you are you are telling me you have hired somebody who's known for building structures. It's what is most known for the last 10 years is building structures. And you say, oh, come on, be a temporary manager. He agrees to do it. What, what, that's on him. He comes, and you're not saying you're going to judge him what he does temporary to know what he knows upstairs. That's very dumb. And that's why I don't have any faith in Mortar because Mortar was the one that that article was on the Athletic. How they said they've been tracking uh, yeah. Ragnik for like two years and they made yeah. all this big deal. And all of a sudden now the new report is actually just going to be a consultant. They sidelined him. They didn't ask him his opinion. They had Ten Hag. They didn't ask him his opinion. He was not part of the process. It wasn't part of the process. And, and, and I, even this consultancy they're talking about, I heard the, the consultancy will involve him. You know, putting like maybe four hours a week. Correct. Yeah. Oh. So he doesn't work six times a month or something like that. That's what came up six times a month. So for me, that clearly shared, tells me Mortal doesn't really know what he's doing. That's my opinion. Like this last one, he has shown me this guy doesn't really know what he's doing. Yeah. He's just dancing to a puppet string from somewhere. So in my opinion, I I, I wish Tenago the best. I hope 
they can be patient with him and he has this all encompassing figure like maybe like a club even though club had a lot of people you know above him doing work but somebody like we know is charisma is charisma because that's what we're going to need for this thing to work like apart from like being tactical like he has to be someone that's charis charismatic so that during the building process up upstairs they'll trust him the players playing for him when they hit a bad patch you know they will still trust him because this guy has something extra apart from understanding tactics because if he doesn't have that i don't know this could go sideways that's my that's my quick opinion about the uh, ten hag uh Ola, any quick thoughts in addition oh no 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 i think it's a good appointment but yeah you, you guys need a structure in place like like you, you just nailed it because even with liverpool we club boss we love him forever more but we have a structure in place even before he came we had a structure in place that's why i was saying when we sacked kenny daglish they put a structure in place and the scouting the recruitment it was in place so what club does is it takes advice from some of these guys like okay give me a list of targets and because that structure is in place it helps you because at the end of the day like you say the manager is just a cog in the machine so when that cog is removed you can plug in another cog and the machine is still moving now it's not like you you find many clubs in the world or you find many ten hags or many but it's just that you look for a profile of manager that can fit into that machine cog that so that things will run smoothly when the time comes so i agree with, i agree i think it's for me the biggest problem would be Ajax is a different ballgame from my United. All these coaches, like it, it's like it, it's like in a boxing fight, like um, Tyson said, everybody has a plan or they get it in the face. These yeah. people that are coming to my United, I know they are coming to my United thinking, okay, we can come and fix the problems very easily. But man, when they get in that ring, in that boxing ring of my United, and they get it in the face, it's how they stand up to that punch. That's what to show whether they can truly stand the text of time because. My United job is a different ball game, man. Seriously, it, <laughs> the pressure it, it, is intense. Yeah. It's a cursed job. It's a cursed job. It's like the job of the England manager. Um, yeah. Anybody who I, I, I'm like, even if, even if on some crazy planet, Klopp becomes the manager of United with Pep as assistant manager, like they still probably will fail in their first two three years, um, just because the, the club itself is just I, something just comes. With Manchester United and something, I was just—I just want to touch a little bit about the structure again. Um, I was reading something in the in the Athletic about how Joe Glazer, um, he he made a lot of this. I, I mean, of course, he's the owner. I, I mean, his family the, he's, uh, owns, owns the club, but and, but he's so involved in day to day running of the club, and he especially when it comes to like bringing in names into the club, he's a fan of big names. Apparently, he likes. He likes bringing in players he's heard about. So Ronaldo, so I feel like he, he does that. That needs to change, really, because that, again, that's part of what that's part of what goes into rebuilding a new structure. You can't have you can't have an owner sitting in Tampa or you know Miami or wherever he lives talking about, "Ooh, I like this guy's name." Bring it. You know, we we can't we, we we can't have that. I agree. Oh, okay, um, I, I'll just chime in about the channel thing. Well, what I would just say is um, there's a difference between coaching a small club and coaching a big club. And, of course, we have several examples. Uh, Nagelsmann is finding out. Right now, <laughs> I like, knew that's where he was going. <laughs> <laughs> Nagelsmann is finding out. Like, okay, the things that we do at Leipzig, and you, know, uh, you have Opamecano playing like an idiot at Leipzig. You can't have that. Like, <laughs> like, you know. So, all those things, most of the things will be on you. Um... And, you know, 
it's a big club and you know big clubs are, have their peculiarities the fortunate thing about club is that when it got liverpool liverpool were at the point whereby they were not they were a big team but you know they had okay they failed failed they failed so much that they are they've swallowed all their hells and like okay we surrender to you do whatever you want with us we have no idea we are ready to listen to you i don't i'm not sure man you has got it to that point yet because you know um uh, you've not gotten to that level of humility ready to take that and you know it's going to struggle but there's always a point for coaching influence uh, coaching impulse you see conte as as sports you can see that there's something different about sports right now you can bring that but it's also easier to do at a smaller club than at a bigger club like you know you can just go to you know how many coaches have succeeded and got to real madrid and they were they were chewed out and spat out like you know this guy didn't know what he was talking about yeah. that is what Tenag has to deal with uh the part that you are talking about joe blazer um joe blazer that's part of what comes with a big club um at bayern munich we have our players go to the president directly to tell to tell uh, to report the coach to report the coach that i don't like what this guy is doing i don't i, I can't play these tactics like you know so that you have to deal with that. That player will be going over your head. Uh, the president will come. If you watch Bayern uh, series, Saliami sits beside the coach on the bench. Uh, the uh, sporting director sits beside the coach. So they will hug you out. Okay, what tactics? Why do you want to sub this guy out? Uh, the president wants to see, see this guy. Uh, Lewandowski, you pull out Lewandowski before 70th minute. You have to ask, uh, report to someone because it's, it's, um, his agent is calling you. Why are you taking out Lewandowski? Next thing you start hearing, <laughs> oh, Real Madrid is interested in Lewandowski now. <laughs> so those are some, some of the... It's as if they have worked at the football club before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. Like that, that's why they call us FC Hollywood because, you know, the drama uh, the drama on the uh, playing pitch, uh, the drama in the dressing room is bigger than on the playing pitch. You know, they will go... Like when Sunny was struggling and the coach was about to bench him, Ulionis invited Sane to his villa. Like, you know, I spent a lot of money on you. No coach is going to bench you. That coach would rather go. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Like, uh, I, I'm not going to spend 100 million on a player and a coach decides oh, he wants to play an academy player over him. No. Uh, <laughs> there's a commercial part of it too that you have to fulfill. There's a sponsor part of it. Sponsors want to see certain players. Okay. Um, Greenwood might be getting you a result, but sponsors are playing for, uh, paying for Pogba to be on the field. For Ronaldo to be on the field, so you now want to bench Ronaldo because okay, um, Greenwood fits your taxes better. Then change your taxes to fit Ronaldo. <laughs> that's my point. That's that, those point. are the pressures of working in a big club. I mean, that's why yeah. I said managing. Yeah, that's why I said managing United is a different ball game. So I'm not saying yeah. Tenag is is a bad manager. I just mean managing a club at United comes with certain pressures, just like um Dyer just said. That's my worry for him. That's my worry for him. Okay. That's a good, that's a good. Let's go to the last topic. And before we go to um, Sean Dyke was sacked. That was the big news that happened. I'll quick my quick reaction. My reaction was I was shocked, um, especially because, you know, this group that took over, I think in 2020, this consortium, MLK, you know, they went on and they left that statement. I think his legacy is, I know they're in the relegation zone. I understand that. When you see his legacy, this man, in like uh, nine, ten years, he's been there. Six years consecutively has kept them up with a shoestring budget, and that is incredible. It's kept them up for six consecutive years with a shoestring budget. Um, 
they had the, one of the lowest net spend since 2017. Mm -hmm. Their net spend till now is like 20, 20 million, 21 million since 2017. That's incredible. And I think he probably is probably one of their, if not their greatest manager of all time, when you think about it, he took them to Europe in 2018. I, I hope people didn't forget yeah. that. They made yeah. the World Cup in 20. Burnley. Burnley <laughs> as a town have like just maybe 90 some thousand people. Apparently there's like the whole Burnley town, I read it, they can fill up the whole Wembley. Like Wembley Stadium can contain the whole of Burnley. Oh, wow. That's a small. That small? Yes, that's small. And I think a lot of people underrated the work he was doing there. Because even when they went to the championship twice under him, the first time they went, they came second. Then the second time they went, he won outrightly. He won outrightly and came back like immediately. So I think he's there. I think it was I was shocked. I think his legacy will be Burnley's greatest manager of all time. And one of the greatest managers for like struggling teams and overperforming consistently. And now that he has kind of come to the level of the squad, because he has overperformed, he's a you know he's a victim of his success. That's my opinion. Anyway, anybody yeah. else? I think I think they should well, I think maybe they just hit the panic button. And I think maybe these new owners, maybe the because they have not been that long in charge, maybe they've not appreciated his body of work for over a long yeah. period. Because yeah. I just don't see why why you're pulling the trigger now. This guy has been in this position more than a couple of times and he has gotten out of it. Because yeah. Burnley, they're usually dancing around that relegation area side. And yeah. there's still games to be won. Yeah. I just feel a bit sorry for him because like it's like karma came back for him so quickly. You know, he was just boasting about uh, the Everton match. Why I told them Everton don't know how to win. <laughs> And the next week he's gone. <laughs> My guy has been fired. It's that's like true. you know, this football is just crazy like that. I, I just think that's what just came out to bite him because I don't think he was doing very bad. I think they still had a chance to stay up. Um, did they win today? I, I'm not sure. I think they, they drew one 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 draw. They drew one one. Yeah, they drew one one. So that that doesn't help because Everton uh, um, Everton are still like uh, unfortunately Everton are still ahead of them like four points or three points. So. I would have loved for them to stay stay up ahead of Everton, but I don't think that will happen now. I think Sean Dyke, he, he represented in a way the archetypical, um, the typical British manager of yeah passion. Um, let's just play. We are men, you know. In a way, I didn't like that kind that part of his character, but I respected his managerial um, achievements because, I, like I just said, this guy has overachieved. He has barely had any any amount of money to spend. And he has mm -hmm. kept them up for so long. He has overachieved in that way. And yeah, the, the league will miss him and his, um, his gravelly, deep, <laughs> husky yeah. voice. We'll miss him. We'll miss him. But I'm sure there'll be a team that will just take him next season. There'll be a Premier League team. I, I reckon he'll be back by next season. Somebody will panic and, and um, give him a job. <laughs> so hopefully we'll see him back. I, okay. I, I, I actually think. I've, 10 years, and, I've, and he's led them to what? Two promotions, led them to the championship, then to the Premier League. I think they just, I think this, this it was a dumb decision. Um, and right now, actually, I, I think they've lost their best chance of staying in the league. I think now they're definitely yeah. going down. Um, yeah. Before they fired him, the, you know, Lampard could have still gone down, uh, but... Now, now Burnley's that they're definitely going down. And as much as as much as I as much as I do not like Sean Dash, I do not like his voice, I don't like his attitude, I don't like the way he plays football. 
I just do not like anything. Of course, I don't know him personally, but I, I, don't, I don't like anything about him as a football figure. Uh, but he, 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 didn't, he didn't deserve that. Um, the, I mean, in a way, they were like 2022 Stoke City, right? That, that you know, physical, long ball into the box, all, the, all, the, all that stuff. But, hey, I mean, he, he's – Burnley will not they, – they'll know – they'll know the gravity of this decision they made in within within the next year or two because when they go down it's going to take them a long time to come back up correct i agree Dio, any final final thoughts about john Dyke? Mm, no not really i don't follow him that much <laughs> <laughs> this guy what was the equivalent sorry quick question Dio. what's the equivalent of burnley in bundesliga is there like a, is there a team that plays like burnley in bundesliga <laughs> Union Berlin. Oh. <laughs> Union Berlin. Yeah, Union Berlin. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, they're from actually, East, Ge- East Germany. Are they not from yeah? East Germany? Uh, they're yeah. from Berlin. But, you know, yeah, yeah, they're from the whole East Germany. But, you know, the, yeah. the funny thing about Union Berlin is they are like the, I don't want to, uh, the blue-collar team of Berlin. And Eta is the rich version of Berlin. Oh, Eta, yeah. got, Eta got a billionaire to invest in them. They pumped like 400 million into them. And they are in the relegation zones right now. And Union Berlin has barely got any money. It's mid-table. So, wow. yeah, HR got money. They gave it to Klinsmann. Klinsmann wasted like half of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they gave money to all everybody and they were just wasting the money. You know, and they are now uh, in relegation waters. About to go. So, but, you know, Bundesliga is kind of funny right now. All the traditional clubs are going to Division 2. We have Hamburg, we have Werder Bremen, we have Schalke 04. Schalke yeah. 04 that thought they were going to be part of the... What was that team? Thing they were, uh, Super, League. Super League. Yeah. They were trying to be part of the Super League like seven years ago. <laughs> they are more, more like Super League 2. <laughs> Super League 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so let's go to Kudos and Donkey of the Week. Uh, quickly, to end, I'll say mine. My first Kudos goes to Brighton. Uh, mm-hmm. I know they've been struggling for a while, but just since we are doing for the week, right? They beat mm-hmm. Arsenal and Tottenham and Blue opened the North London, you know, I guess North London race for top four and race for top four as a whole. Yeah. Like five days, they beat um, Spurs, so they get my kudos for that. My other kudos goes to Villarreal and Una Emery for making Champions League semi final, which is incredible, by beating. Um, big, big Bayern Munich. Now, I've brought watch case on uh, <laughs> I, I thought one, I have to give one to Cristiano, right? He's on dragging United. Yeah. Make us relevant, even though we know. We United fans, we're not in the forest. But it's kind of making people believe that we are in. So, we have to give him credit for that, you know, um, at least for this week. Uh, at least they'll have something else to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, donkey of the week. Uh, my first donkey of the week goes to, of course, we talked about it earlier, but I have to give Donkey of the Week, Nagus Man, um, for just you know being, being Nagus Man, you know, and just being cocky about everything. My next Donkey of the Week goes to, um, and then my next Donkey of the Week goes probably goes to, um, let me think of that actually. I'll come back to that. Let's do, okay. let's do those first time. Okay, good. So, yeah, I have kudos at donkey. I have I have them ready. Okay. <laughs> no, let me give mine. Um, my donkey of the week, super donkey of the of the month, Julian Nagelsmann. Ah, come on! 
Ah, come on. The month is not over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My uh, kudos of the week goes to Philip Kostich and the entire Cranford crew for, for the demolition they did in no camp. Yes. To, the yeah. city of, to the city of Barcelona, to the uh, region of Catalonia, to no camp. <laughs> <laughs> because I need to ask, like, you know, we need to talk about how the 50,000 fans or 60,000 fans travel from Germany to Spain. Exactly. There were like 30,000 fans in the stadium, stadium. other 30,000 fans in the bars nearby. Like, that's even a security. I don't even know how, how they were. How did they even get past COVID rules? Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's even forget about COVID. How did they fly? How did they drive buses? 60,000 people. If every bus is filling 600 people, that means you need 1,000 buses to come in. Uh, they filled up the stadium. And, Everybody, in I'll tell you, it's football. For the passion for football. And well, I'll tell you why. You, this question you're asking. This question okay. you're asking. If people were saying about yesterday at Wembley. Do you know there was a problem with the rail and the? I mean, transporting. They, they were fixing rails. So this was like happened like two weeks ago. They said, "Oh, if you are coming to Wembley, Liverpool fans and Manchester Manchester City fans, there was no way they could have gotten to Wembley yesterday. So even the FA had to give like hundred, uh, is it one thousand buses or hundred buses free to get fans." But that's not even enough. So most of those fans that you saw in the stadium yesterday must have it's either they have arrived in London two days earlier, or maybe yeah. they flew because that's football. F football fans will do anything to get to a match. They will do anything. So See, even in La England, in, in honestly, it's, it's it's amazing. Laporta, Xavi, everybody in Barcelona was there. Like, how can we be outnumbered in our home stadium? Like, you know, like <laughs> yeah, like that. That's the, that's the official reason for their exit uh, for Barcelona's exit. Like okay. you know, just to cover the whole stadium. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, kudos. Who next? Who's going next? Okay, kudos. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, um, Ronaldo for me. Yes. Thirty hat tricks before age thirty. Thirty hat tricks after age thirty. She man, seriously. I know it was Norwich. Yeah, it's Norwich, but still, man, we have to give him kudos for that. Um, kudos also. Yeah, to um, Samuel Chukwese. Chukwese. <laughs> That goal, <laughs> that you know, and I, I, I like how he enjoyed it. It's, it was good to see his post-match interview. You could even see him dancing in the dressing room. Yeah, I think because we've seen so much of football, we sometimes lose the sense of that magic, of that magic, of appreciating that kind of magic. For him, he will never forget. Even if he doesn't score any goal in his career again, he will never forget that he scored a goal to knock out Bayern Munich. And you could see, you could the post-match interview was, you could see this guy so excited. And I'm just happy to say Nigerian doing well, <laughs> even yeah. though, of course, he's not a regular starter in their team. So kudos to Chukweze. Um, got them into the semi-final with that goal. Um, donkey of the week for me. Um, the portion of Manchester City fans who were booing when well, there was supposed to be a minute of silence for the 97 Liverpool fans that died. And they started booing during the minute of silence. And the referee had to cut short the minute of silence. He had to just cut off and just quickly blow the whistle for the match to start. And it was so bad that even the BBC had to talk about it. And then Manchester City, as a club, put out a statement condemning their own fans for that during the match. They had to quickly respond because they knew this is bad optics. Yeah. It was not this was not one fan, this not two fans. These were thousands, thousands of Manchester City fans who, can, who couldn't keep quiet for one minute just to observe a minute of silence. I, I think the banter era of football, it's, it's leading to this kind of things happening regularly. And forgive me, I know this is going to happen. If we have a minute of silence against United on Tuesday, this is likely to happen. 
and it's not only limited to opposition fans, Liverpool fans do it too. So I'm not just saying it's just opposition yeah. fans. Liverpool fans, they do all that Munich um, aeroplane gestures. Yeah. This era of banter, I think people just cross the line into and into the area of insensitivity insensitivity. They just think, oh, this is banter. Why just banter? How can you be bantering when people are saying just observe a minute of silence for dead people, people that died tragically? And you can't do that. So for me, those are donkeys of the week. I'm not saying it's all Manchester City fans. Obviously, it's not all of them. But yeah. to us, a big portion of them yesterday booing. And for their own club to come out straight away, even before the match ended, they quickly put out a statement and said, We condemn these fans. This is not cool. I also we as football fans, we should try to educate mm -hmm. ourselves that there's banter and there's just been acting acting like a dickhead, basically. Exactly. There's banter and there's, there's, there should be a line. There should be a line. There's, a, there's some things that you should not banter about, especially when it comes to death of people that die tragically. So those are my donkeys of the week. Of the week. Okay. Okay, Kwame. Uh, kudos. Uh, I was going to say Villarreal and Chikweze. We've talked about that. Um, I also, Bruno Guimaraes, that uh, from, from Newcastle, today he scored his, uh, his first goal for the club. Well, first and second. And just the pure emotion on his face after the game um it like when he scored when he scored the second goal he rejoiced like you know the world is about to end and then VAR was looking and when the, and when the ref confirmed the goal like his celebration was even more <laughs> than, <laughs> than before the VAR checks so up I'm, I'm just I'm just happy I'm just happy for him I I um I I really I really hope I really hope he does well especially giving 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 given his background um donkey of the week uh, i would like to give that to burnley honestly i think that was you know a dickhead move over there um and second donkey of the week actually goes to manchester united and the um and the british media i say this because was it two three weeks ago harry Maguire got booed by english fans um and what what did we see we we saw the entire British media. We saw high-profile figures. We saw Manchester United come out to defend Harry Maguire. Oh, you can't boo him. He's contributed a lot. Yeah. Captain of captain of of Manchester United. All that stuff. Every single person came to his defense. Paul Pogba yesterday, uh, after he was subbed, got booed by Manchester United fans in his own stadium. I've not heard anything from anyone since then. Nothing from Gary Neville. Nothing from Jamie Carragher, nothing from Rio Ferdinand, nothing from the club itself, nothing from the FA about, oh, don't boo your own player. Uh, so, again, that's just why, why I, I think fans have a right to boo, honestly. Um, you, you, can, you can boo players without, I mean, you, you, can, you cannot regulate fan behavior, you know, when they get to the stadium, right? <laughs> even even if we just expect them to, we expect them to, be at their best behavior. Uh, the things they can regulate, of course, are things that are outrightly illegal. Uh, it's not illegal to boo anyone, but and I'm not and I'm not saying the fans are donkeys. It is the reaction afterwards or the lack of reaction after that that I'm giving the donkey award to. So yeah. Okay, that's that's a good one. Uh, before we go, I think I remember my final donkey goes to Manchester United fullbacks. Tellers uh, <laughs> and Dalo trash. <laughs> that was okay. That was okay. It's below average. We can manage for next season as a below average guy coming some some games. Tell us it's trash. That's my that's my own. that's my final comment. You said uh, I just 
Alex Turner is trash. <laughs> All he does have is cross. He can, he's a good cross out of the ball, corner kicks. That's it. But everything else is trash. But do you agree that he at least does that? The, he, he's at least a better, better option to neutral. Absolutely not. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. I can I add a donkey. Can I add just my fight? The donkey. This this just piggy. Sorry, I'm piggybacking a bit of Ogakwame's uh, one. The media, like you're saying, the media and their reporting of various incidents. I'll start first of all with the booing of Maguire. Um, Joe Gomez, he got attacked by Ryan Sterling before mm -hmm. an England match. He, he got scratched in the face. He had the scar. Joe Gomez played for England in the next match. Joe Gomez got booed yeah. for getting attacked by Ryan Sterling. We didn't see all these players. We didn't see the media. We didn't see all these people shouting, oh, why would you boo Joe Gomez? Now, why would they didn't say anything. Because, of course, optics. Harry Maguire, we, we know what we're talking about. Harry Maguire is of a different breed. So we have to all gather around him and say, oh, yeah, 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 why, why do you buy you boo him? Joe Gomez happened to him. And also the optics of Ronaldo smashed the kid's phone. Nobody's saying, oh, let's, let's put him in jail because... Uh, the, the boy even had a he had a big um he had like uh, his hand swole I mean oh, wow. that was the mark on the back of his hand and he's an autistic child. Um, Kotsuma kicked the cat. They told him they, they said we're going to we're going to we're going to end your career. We're, we should we, we should withdraw his contract because he kicked the cat. So, but we did not hear they should cancel Ronaldo's contract. The media were not telling us that. People were not jumping on Sky News to say oh this is worse than uh, this this is worse than that. So that's what I mean that I'm agreeing with Ogakwame that the media, they have a responsibility of the way they handle some of these stories. And they, they might say that we're always overreaching, but we see these things as black people. We see these things happening. We see it. We see it. it, it we're not overreaching. These are prime examples of incidents that have happened recently. Yeah. And the coverage is different. Yeah. People are not jumping on, on camera to, to give their two cents yeah. about... Um, about somebody somebody doing this, but then next minute something happens to somebody else and they're jumping on camera to give that two cents and then it's blown yeah. and everybody's jumping. We see these different media narratives. And for that media, they're donkeys. Donkeys for this week. Absolutely. And donkeys maybe forevermore. <laughs> well, on that note, at an hour and a half, we end the pod. If you are, if you got to this point, please like, share, subscribe on all our platforms. Most importantly, YouTube. Road to 500, Footy Fantasy, FWTOTIE, link in the description. Ogakwame, hola, Mr. Dio, thank you guys for coming on and have a lovely rest of your Sunday. All right, see you guys. Take care. All right, everybody. cheers. Bye.